And we're back with the we're Constitution back. line by line. The best line I've heard so far is nuclear weapons changes everything. And that is certainly true as we wander into the labyrinth that is the 25th Amendment. And we're going to take up Section 3 now. Okay. Paul Fabrizio, Professor oh, yeah. of Political Science. I'm Don Frazier, a historian. Whenever the president transmits to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives his written declaration that he is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, and until he transmits to them a written declaration to the contrary, such powers and duties shall be discharged by the vice president as acting president. Okay. All right. So I'll just go through and describe when this actually happened. George W. Bush, president of the United States, was going to have a minor surgical procedure that would have him under anesthesia for about eight hours. General anesthesia. So I think he was going to have a colonoscopy, but I'm not positive. Oh, that's a long colonoscopy. Yeah, I know. But again, you know, the effects of colonoscopy. Oh, man, uh, that stuff is like, yeah, that is sleepy time. So You are incapacitated. Yeah, so he sent a letter to the president, presidential, president tempore, pro tempore of the Senate. So, in other words. That guy, (laughs) the old drooler in the corner. Exactly. It's the most senior member of the majority party and the Speaker of the House saying, he is going to be incapacitated for a period of time, so therefore, the speaker. Uh, so therefore, the vice president becomes the acting president. Yeah, and so Dick Cheney became the acting president, and it was, I believe, about eight hours. And I think it actually happened twice during Bush's eight years as president. Wow! And so during that time, Cheney had the full powers of the presidency, and. He had all the decision making. If there was a nuclear war, yeah, he would nuclear. be responsible <laughs> a for nuclear it. war. Nuclear war, <laughs> and so he had all that powers. And Bush could just sleep away and sleep off the effects of his drug, of the drugs he was he was he was under. So he had two colonoscopies, colonoscopies during the course of his presidency. I uh, don't quote me on that, yeah. but I believe it happened twice. It might have been one colonoscopy and one other thing. I was about to say, then uh, that I, becomes I, but, a hunting expedition after that. So, they're looking to see where his head might be. I don't yeah, know. That's probably what the Democrats okay. thought. But anyway, yeah. you know, the recommendation is you have them every five years when you reach a certain Well, age. I guess so that's you'll probably find true. out soon enough. Yeah, that's true. So, anyway, um, <laughs> boy, what do we discuss on this show? <laughs> anyway, um, what we have is simply a way for the president to hand off the nuclear football but again it's important to note that it's his handing off it's his notifying and um he has to transmit a written declaration to the contrary so when he's better he sends another notice saying i'm fine yeah so what uh, turns it on turns it off yeah and what i believe is that bush did is he sent a letter to them and he said i during this time period i will be unable to fulfill the duties from, let's say, 8 in the morning till 5 at night. And so that one letter constituted both the first the declaration and the, the center. Okay. So, and that's it. And, you know, we've never had this provision before. So if a president got sick, you think about, for example, Dwight D. Eisenhower, who had a stroke, yeah. had a heart attack, 
Um, you think about Woodrow Wilson, who had a real yeah, had a real live big stroke that uh, incapacitated him. You think about other presidents that got sick, but this he couldn't have written. A, he couldn't have written a toggle off. Yeah, that, see, though. see, that's that's the whole thing. Is those presidents couldn't have done that. Um, you think about Ronald Reagan, who was uh, assassinated. Yeah, you know, well, was shot. attempted assassination on him. Yeah, shot in the guts. Yeah, and he couldn't send a letter or anything like that. Yeah. So this was the beginning of what they were trying to do. They're thinking tragically. They're thinking tragically. One of my favorite things to bring up when you think about the president. And if you look at the history of the American president – it turns out that about one out of every four presidents has some health crisis. During one out of their, four? Yeah, it's about one out of four who has some health crisis during their time in office. And it could be, you know, George H.W. Bush had Graves' disease and got sick. That would count as one of them. Um, George W. Bush, with his time having surgery or, you know, uh, the, the medical tests. Um, I don't believe Barack Obama ever had any medical procedure that required him to do this. But again, don't quote me on that. I'm not positive. Yeah, that's interesting. So, and it may be the advances in modern medicine make all these tests possible. Right, right. Um, and you think about our current president, uh, President Trump, who's the oldest person in we've had elected as into that office. I'm the healthiest president <laughs> ever. That's right, and that's what his doctors say. But at the same time, you know, let's be honest, we all get sick. Um, so this is a way to for the president to say, I'm giving up my powers for a period of time, and then I'm claiming them back. By the way, it's important to note that Congress doesn't do anything except receive these letters. Yeah, They don't vote on it or anything. It's a presidential decision all the way around. That's going to change when we take up the next part of this amendment. Okay. So next part next time. Thanks.